you please open your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10. And if you're using a pew Bible, uh, it's on page 220. 1 Samuel chapter 10. We're going to read the first eight verses together. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you leader over his inheritance? When you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelzar on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, The donkeys that you set out to look for have been found, and now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He is asking, what shall I do about my son? Then you will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. They will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, tambourines, flutes and harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, but you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. Thank you. Enable us to see, please. Lord. Enable us to see, we pray. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. The, the nation of Israel, in many ways, was in a, a, a big mess. Uh, crisis after crisis, enemies coming against them. And... God raised up a prophet. His name was Samuel. And a little boy given to God by his mother Hannah. Samuel grew and was a powerful man in Israel, bringing the word of God to Israel. But he grew old and his sons did not follow the Lord. And the elders gathered and came to Samuel from across the nation of Israel and said, Samuel, you're old. Your sons are not following your ways. And we've been looking at the other nations. They've got a king. We want to have a king, just like them. We want to be like the other nations. God says to Samuel, Samuel, don't don't be upset they're not rejecting you they're rejecting me 
I was to be their king. I, God, was to be their king. And they're rejecting me. They're throwing me off. Uh, They don't want me anymore to be their king. But give them what they ask for. Give them a king. And so, in an amazing way, God sends a man looking for donkeys. He was looking for donkeys. And he is chasing these donkeys around the countryside. And God so organised it that this man, Saul, was just coming into Samuel's township of Zuf just at the right time. And God had told Samuel the day before, there's going to be a guy coming tomorrow. Anoint him. He will be king. (laughs) And in Samuel's mind, in Saul's mind, all he's got on his mind is donkeys. He's just lost these donkeys. That's all he's got happening in his head is donkeys. And so he's running up into Zof to find the donkeys. But Samuel's coming out, and Samuel's the prophet of God, and all he's got in his mind is, I'm looking for the one that's going to be the king, the next king. And Samuel says to Saul, basically, Samuel, forget about the donkeys that have been found. But you're going to be king. You're going to be the king of Israel. Go up to a feast. They stay the night, I think, on Saul's roof. And um, in the morning, Samuel's roof, I mean, in the morning Samuel says to Saul, get up, I'm going to send you on your way. And so they're going out of the city and Samuel, the prophet, says to Saul, now I want you to tell the servant, go ahead because I want to deliver the word of God to you. So Saul sends his servant ahead and here they are alone now. Here they are alone. And then we read in Samuel chapter 10 verse 1 that Samuel pulls out a flask of oil and pours it on the head of Saul, kisses him and he says, Has not God anointed you to be king over Israel? Do you know this is the very first anointing of a king in the whole history of Israel? The very first anointing. The word anointing um, means the, the, the pouring out. That's, that's what anointing is, is when you, if you've got a, he got, the, these flasks of oil, um, they were used in, in previous times in Israel to anoint the altar, to anoint the priests, to anoint very, very holy things. But now, for the very first God time, God is calling someone, Saul, and, and Samuel anoints him, pours oil over him, and he is anointed king over all of Israel. And then... There's some signs that happen. Samuel says to Saul, there's going to be a few signs, three of them in fact, when you go out of here. The first sign is that you will meet two men and they'll say to you that the donkeys have been found. 
So that's sign number one. Sign number two, Samuel says to Saul, is that you'll meet three pilgrims heading up to worship God at Bethel. One will be carrying three goats. One will have three loaves uh, of bread and another with some wine. And um, you're gonna, they're going to offer two loaves of bread to you and you're going to receive them gladly. The third sign is that you will, there will be... Uh, as you're coming into your hometown, into Gibeah, there you'll meet some prophets prophesying. And God will send his Holy Spirit on you, Saul, and do a transforming work in you, and you will prophesy also. And he says, and after that, Saul, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. You got freedom to do whatever you like at that point, Saul, because God is with you. But right at the end there in this passage, um, Samuel says to Saul, but I want you uh, to make a sacrifice and wait for seven days. Do not think for a moment. Saul, just because you're appointed king over Israel, that you're a law unto yourself. No, you still must obey the word of God and you must wait and I'll come down to you in seven days, in seven days time. So I want us to think together about this little tiny passage of scripture in 1 Samuel 10. What can we learn? And I'll tell you there's really one main thing that I, I would love us to learn from this, from this passage of Scripture. The main thing that I want us to learn, and I want it to hit home to each one of our hearts, including mine, is God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness. What do I mean? Saul is looking for some donkeys. Samuel comes to him and anoints him king. And then he says to him, Saul, these are the signs that are going to meet you. You're going to have um, people coming to you, uh, and they're going to have bread and wine. They're, you're going to have someone telling you that the donkeys have been found. You're, you're going to um, meet these prophets. And each one of those happened just as Samuel said. And can you imagine being Saul on that day? And these things just bang, bang, bang. What is happening in the heart of Saul at that moment? He's thinking, wow. This is God is doing something. Samuel has anointed me king, but the God of grace, the God, the king of glory, is actually accomplishing something. Just like Samuel said, God is actually doing something really powerful. I am going to be king. I am going to be king. And the amazing thing, uh, this is what I would love for us to be amazed at at this moment, is that 
these people, the, God, the, the people of Israel, had rejected God. They said, we don't want you to be king over us anymore, God. We, we, want, you to, we want a king like the other nations. We don't want you anymore. And you might have thought that God would say, okay, I'm going to squash you like a little ant then. Uh, goodbye, see you later. You might have thought God would say, yeah, okay, that's it. I've persisted with you. I've, lo- I've looked after you for many, many years. So just goodbye. But that's not what God does. Because God is faithful. He loves them. He comes to them. He gives them what they want and he is accomplishing in faithfulness his love for them, even though they are rejecting him. Do you remember in Genesis chapter 3, God had created all everything and everything was really, really good and it was beautiful. And then the serpent came and came and said to Eve, Did God really say that you mustn't eat from the tree? Did God really say? You won't surely die. In other words, the serpent is coming and seeding in to the mind of the man and the woman. God is not good. God, God is holding out on you. God is not really on your side. He, you've got to look after yourself in this situation because God won't do good things to you. You've got to sort things out yourself. You've got to look after your own life. You've got to provide for your own self. You've got to make your own way. You, you, you don't depend on God. God's not trustworthy. And so this lie gets seeded into the heart of human beings and is in our hearts even today, that will God really look after me? Would he really meet my deepest and uh, greatest longings? Do you know, God does come in mercy for centuries to this people. He, He works a salvation plan. He, he, he works through Abraham and makes a promise to him. And now, here, God has been faithfully bringing them into a nation. He's been blessing them, giving them, uh, giving them uh, a, a land, providing for them every kind of blessing. And now they want to throw him off, just say, goodbye, God. No, no, we want a king like all the other nations. And you might think at that point, you know, if someone rejects me, I just want to re- re- withdraw from that person. I just want to totally withdraw and go away from them. I don't want them anywhere near me. I just want to withdraw and be far away for someone that's just always rejecting me. But God doesn't do that. He comes. He's got this covenant he's made with these people. He made a covenant with Abraham. He said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. I'm going to love you. 
I'm, gonna, I'm never going to break my covenant with you. It's my promise. And even though we as human beings reject God and turn away from him and throw off his rule and say we want to do it our own way, God in faithfulness continues to love the people. In fact, he draws close to them. It's his covenant. It's his faithful covenant of love. It's nothing that they have done at all. (laughs) It's not that they've been good kids and that, oh, okay, you've been such good kids that I'm going to... No, they've, they've thrown him off. They've turned away from him. They've got their hearts hard towards him. And God, in amazing, amazing faithfulness, continues to love them continues to provide for them. I was thinking this morning of Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read it to you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. So now we're fast forwarding forwarding a thousand years um, to Ephesians chapter 2 where Paul is writing to a church and he says some shocking things to them. He says to the church, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following the desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved." Do you know what this is saying? Is that all of us were Dead. (laughs) I mean, I know that my body's alive and so is yours, but the Bible says that our spirits were dead and they're dead in our transgressions and sins. We're rebelling against God. We've got a hard hearts against God. We, we, We are turning away from God. And you would think, well, God will just sort of reject us and throw us off. But in the most extraordinary truth in Scripture... When we're dead in our rebellion and in our sin, it's but God made you alive. Made you alive. It was not because you were good kids. It was not because you'd done everything right. It was not because you, he looked down and said, oh, he's a good one and there's a good one and there's, oh, I'll look after them. It wasn't that. You were dead. In your transgressions and sins, you were going the other way. You were like the people of Israel saying, I don't want God to be my king. I don't even want him in my life. I don't want him. But God made us alive. He comes in this amazing, amazing grace and interrupts our life and comes to us and says, I love you. Yes, you've rebelled. Yes, you're turning away from me. Yes, you've got a hard heart that doesn't. But I am coming to you. I'm coming to you in grace, in mercy, in faithfulness. Do you remember 
that when God ultimately came, ultimately came in Christ, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. (laughs) We rejected him. We totally, totally rejected him. That there he was, the God coming down to us in love and in mercy and in truth and bringing healing and hope and light and life. And we rejected him. We, our hearts were hard towards him and we nailed him to the cross. And, and so it's just total rejection from us, from our side. Nailing him, nailing him to the cross that here God given to us in mercy and love is dying now, totally rejected by the human race, dying on the cross. And in an amazing, amazing accomplishment that I cannot even get my head around, it's in that death that he is saying, I've got my arms open to receive you. I'm receiving you. I'm welcoming you in. I'm forgiving you your sin. I'm I'm taking you as mine. I'm I'm keeping my faithful love towards you. Will you turn? Will you come? Will you repent? Will you receive? Will you? Do you know what the word grace means? If I come to you with $10,000 and pull it out of my pocket and I give it to you, um, you say, I didn't earn that. You don't give that to me. I didn't, I didn't earn that. And I say, no, 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 but it's a gift. It's a gift. Grace is a gift. And what God is doing in Christ is 10,000 million times more than $10,000. It is a gift of life. It's a gift of eternity. It is a gift that you will never ever die. It's a gift that God's giving you his salvation, his life, his righteousness, his riches. And it is a gift. And he is giving the gift to us in Christ. Even though we reject him. Even though we turn away from him. I want you to know it's not because we're good kids that God has come to us. We were dead. We were dead. But he is giving his life to us in his faithful love, even through our rejection of his son. And as he bleeds and dies for us, his blood is washing away our sins and his arms are open wide to receive us in his love. It's a grace. It's grace. Our response. God is faithful here. He gives them a king. He's with them. He draws Samuel close to him. And is so close to him. And he anoints him. And, and God is drawing you. He would, he would draw you close to him. And in fact, in in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, it says that we have been anointed. It says we have been anointed with the spirit of grace that when we have received Christ, he draws us very close to receive us. 
I want you to know this morning that no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you think you've been, no matter what ways you think God could never ever accept you, that that is not true. It doesn't matter. God, in spite of our sins, comes to us as a gift in Christ and opens his arms of love to us. Incredible. Incredible. What is our response to be? I tell you. When someone comes to me with a gift and comes to you with a gift, what is our response to be? Sure, we can reject it and walk away. But, but their response should be with open hands, empty hands. Nothing. You're not bringing anything to this party. The, the gift is to you. You come with open hands and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I get on my knees and I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that, that, that you have given this all to me. There's nothing from my side. I haven't earned any of it. It's a gift. It's a total gift. And God is coming to each one of us this morning, each one of you this morning, and saying, I know, I know your failures. I know it better than you do. I know that every difficulty and hardship and shame and pain and, and failure and rebellion that you've, you've had, and I'm just asking you, will you come with empty hands and receive a gift, a pure gift I've got a gift of salvation for you, cleansing of your past sins, renewal of your heart and transforming you into a new person and filling you with the Holy Spirit that you would walk with me, be close to me, intimate with me. God invites us all the way in. Yes, he does. All the way in, into the very heart of hearts, even into his own son, into Christ, through his death and his resurrection. So my plea for you this morning is that you would receive the faithfulness of God, even despite your rebellion, even despite your sin and failure, and that you would know what it is to have empty hands and bent knees And say, Lord, I receive again. I receive maybe for the first time your grace, your grace, amazing grace of goodness to me. Let me pray with you. Dear God, dear Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you didn't throw us off you didn't reject us but you came in your in the person of Christ and even in our rejection of him you received us and drew us all the way in cleansing us of our deepest shame taking off the guilt that weighs us down and is ready to crush us all of it is met in Christ and on the cross of Christ we thank you Lord for the gift of life as he rises from the dead and that we receive in him. And Lord, we thank you for the giving of the Holy Spirit for our hearts and our lives. So, Lord, for, for your faithful love that we just don't deserve, 
we just want to say thank you by receiving it by faith, trusting in your promise, trusting in your son, trusting in the true king, the true and ultimate king, who is Christ. Here we thank and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.